This is the Faith, Family, and Fundamentals with Fran podcast. Hey, family. Welcome to Faith, Family, and Fundamentals with Fran. Thank you for listening today. I hope and pray that you've enjoyed a relaxing, uneventful Labor Day last week. I hope that you are all wearing your mask faithfully. I also pray that you have registered to vote and are truly paying close attention to the rhetoric of each candidate, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Please know that it is our job, our responsibility to speak up and speak out for others, both those we love, those for whom we would live or die, and those who remain nameless or faceless to us. But because God's word has said, the strong must bear the infirmities of the weak, we must, we must take a stand. All week, I was beaming with pride as I pondered the stand that was waged by the NBA, the WNBA, and the National Hockey League. Yes, these are professional athletes. Now, contrary to popular belief, all of them do not make the big bucks. God bless my women NBA players, but they were willing to stand in the gap for others who do not have such a platform as their celebrity has afforded them. And for that, I commend and graciously appreciate each and every one of them. Know it or not, they did the humane thing, the unpopular action of standing for and with regular people who can neither afford to pay them nor provide endorsement opportunities. Yet these young men and women put themselves, their contractual duty, and their sheer love of the game aside to effect change. For that, I cannot commend them enough for their brave, heroic actions. Too often, it seems, those with the greatest sphere of influence would rather look the other way, and because their dollars and affluence can afford them to remain somewhat hidden from the harsh realities of being black men, and black women in America for a while or a season at least. They remain untouched and seemingly unbothered. I guess I am a real black woman, a real black person with a clear understanding that no matter what your bank account or the address of your residence, we are all connected. Therefore, neither of us can be adversely affected and it not affect the whole. I am a firm believer that if it is you today, it is just a matter of time until the today that was once experienced by you will become my own desperate reality, my today. I believe that if you see something, you must say something. I can still hear someone saying and urging, you should mind your own business. To which I must say, we are each other's business and will forever be affected by the matters and ills that plague one another. Stay in each other's business for the purpose of helping, encouraging, and uplifting someone else. According to God's word in Galatians 6 chapter and the second verse, bear you one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. That means that I must stand for and with you when you are faced with adverse matters and you are expected as your God-ordained duty to do the same. Such expectations cause me to think of the lyrics of the song, I need you. You need me. We are all a part of God's body. I really need you to survive. I like the song, but beyond my personal adoration, it holds true meaning of selflessness and sacrifice. The same that is necessary in such a tumultuous journey as we find ourselves today. Maneuvering, braving the unknown, 
the unprecedented. You see, once Adam and so much more was created and God had repeated and it was good, God decided that Adam being alone without another human being to hold, to behold, to stimulate his senses and his stance was not good. And so he created Eve so that Adam would not dwell alone in the not good. To this day, leaving people alone to cope, survive, function, or live is still not good. Such leads to depression, anxiety, feelings of inadequacy, loneliness, a lack of confidence and trust. Not good. Today we are talking about together we stand and divided we fall and inevitably we will fail. You see, I am my brother and my sister's keeper. So when I act and react, I must consider those who will be affected. In other words, even if I'm not thrilled about the men and women running for the presidency of the United States, I must consider those who are depending on me to take a stand and make the best possible decision to affect the greatest good. I cannot properly discuss our dire need to vote without reminding everyone of the brave, dedicated men and women who struggled, fought, bled, and died so that we, you and I, would have the right to cast our one vote. You see, the battle was not a single fight or a single event. Not at all. Just as God's word reminds us that the battle is not given to the swift nor the strong, but to those who endure to the perfect end. It was ongoing, grueling, cruel, peppered with countless lynchings, beatings, men who persevered to go down to vote or voter registration facilities and try to register to vote were frequently threatened by day and dragged from their homes with wife and children watching through the tears and the screams and either beaten to death, set on fire, or taken to the woods and lynched, among other atrocities. I am not describing the fate of a single man or family, but countless nameless souls who realize the value, the true value of paving the way for voting rights for all. Such a sacrifice costs many their lives, but this speaks to the truth of being so committed to a cause that some were willing to risk death for matters that would enhance or improve the quality of life, even if only for generations to come like our generation, during these dark and dangerous times. Just as Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., many understood that they might not get to this day of voting rights for all. But in answering their God-ordained responsibility to those of us, you and me, who would live in the foreseeable future, even without those who were so willing and selfless enough to die for the same cause of others, those civil rights activists took the unpopular stance. These men and women firmly stood and fought for the right to vote anyway. A right that cost many their lives. Once the Civil War was ended, the United States was in difficult, uncharted territory. As the South, the Confederacy had been defeated, leaving some four million enslaved black men and women along with their children with a freedom that many neither understood nor were accepted to begin to enjoy. Such an emancipation was formalized with the passage of the 13th Amendment to the Constitution, which abolished slavery. Notice, I use the word formalized, but please understand, formalized just means a formal recorded occurrence took place. 
Yet the reality of these men and women actually being afforded the opportunity to exercise this formally announced right would take some 100 years before voting would begin to be truly, tangibly realized. For black Americans, gaining the full rights of citizenship and especially the right to vote was central to securing true freedom and self-determination. I'll repeat, true freedom and self-determination. You see, as long as we do not work hard to attend to our own wants and needs and use our voices symbolically by voting, we remain mentally enslaved and someone else makes our every decision. Yet we proudly boast, I'm grown and no one can tell me what to do. My response, do the grown-up thing. Vote and reclaim your voice, your true power. Anything less is truly self-deception and reeks of a slave's mentality. Let Massa and them make the decisions and handle the important things. Just realize, you, everyone you love, and the well-being of people, these are the most important things. Slavery is not abolished until the black man has the ballot. Frederick Douglass famously spoke these telling words in May of 1865, only a month after the Union troops defeated the Confederacy. I venture to expound upon the famous words so eloquently spoken by Frederick Douglass. To negate your responsibility to vote is certainly a sign of a slave's mentality. Believing it is the responsibility, the practice of someone else, that somehow it won't matter, your vote won't count, or things will never go the way they should. Once again, your responsibility remains to those who cannot stand and speak or vote for themselves. I would be leaning on alternative truths if I told you things will always go according to your plans. So I will not feed you falsehoods, but I can tell you that God's word urges us, according to Galatians, the sixth chapter and the ninth verse, let us not grow weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. As we have opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially those who are of the household of faith. These words remind me, remind us, that no matter how tumultuous the journey or how long it takes, if we do not get tired of expecting better, working towards better, and doing our part, voting included, to create tangible change for the better, God will work in our favor. But do not give up too early or grow tired of working towards better for us all, no matter how long it takes. The word reminds us that standing and doing what's right provides yet another opportunity to do good toward others. If you are free from being detained somewhere and have a mind that comprehends right from wrong, good from evil, with the ability to think for yourself, how dare you sit at home and pretend that negating your right to vote, standing and speaking up for others, if not for yourself, is okay? How will you explain to Trayvon Martin or to his mother that he died in vain or to Breonna Taylor that after her home and her precious body were pierced with at least seven bullets from officers' guns who later learned that the information for which they went to her residence to serve a no-knock warrant was not even accurate. 
explain that to that young sister who is no longer present and able to speak up for herself that the era of the Louisville, Kentucky Police Department has been publicized and the same precinct is trying to cut a deal with a known guilty party if he would only smear her good name after her horrible, senseless death. Please don't forget to explain to her how no one, no one has been charged or locked up for such a horrific crime against a young black woman from an African-American community, a neighborhood of color. Instead, tell Ahmaud Aubrey's parents that you are so, so sorry for their loss, but you simply don't feel like or don't have time to vote just to do your part. So that maybe, just maybe another young black man won't be gunned down for jogging while black. Or so that it does not take three months to arrest two white men for committing such an egregious crime. God forbid such senseless, tragic matters would continue to take place under our watch and we not at the very least cast our one vote to prayerfully affect some change. God forbid such an ugly scene should unfold at the residence that you call home and someone you love is wounded or killed. You see, voting is our voice in an arena where our literal voices might never be heard. I have learned that silence gives consent. If you refuse to say something, your silence, unspoken with a loud volume, says it is okay and all is well. In yesteryears, voting cost so many their lives, yet today our lives depend on our vote. You and I must realize access has been granted. No more poll taxes, literacy tests, grandfather clauses, or restrictive registration practices. Yet the price many of us are destined to pay for wasting the opportunity to vote far outweighs any poll tax ever charged anywhere. I repeat, in the past people died fighting to be able to exercise their right to vote and for you and me to enjoy that same right. But today we must all vote in order to work on enjoying a proper quality of life the quality of life that God intended for us, for us all, regardless of race, color, creed, or origin. You see, equality was intended from creation, as all men and women were created equally, to be equally responsible for and to one another, dwelling together in unity. Just to clarify, the rib that God removed from Adam's body to create Eve was not removed from his back or from his front, it was removed from his side. So yes, the woman was intended to stay by his side as a help meet. Just to silence my naysayers, while the man is the first partaker of the fruit and he is the head of the household, it does not mean that the woman eats after the male, nor is she the tail of the house. Contrary to popular belief, God created man first, making him the leader. And according to God's word, the stronger of the two vessels. Therefore, he is to lead and protect the woman who's physically weaker and lead and love her as his own body, bringing us all back to her walking beside him. And the only time she is to remain behind him is when he is in a posture of protection. 
Again, that is a posture of protection. Such a revelation causes me to re-examine. Together we stand. Divided we fall. God's word advised. Where two or three assemble in my name, there I will be in the midst. It is he who provides us the confidence and the ability to take the firm stance that we do. We should be led by our strong sense of commitment and human decency to demand that everyone is treated fair and justly. Our elected officials are postured to protect. Again, they're the leaders. They are postured to protect and speak up for each of us, the constituents. When we don't vote, the unspoken statement is actually, I don't care or I do not care about who will protect me my well-being, or our rights. That's not important. I need you to wake up and cast your vote. Racial equality has been an issue for as long as the African has been a part of American culture. I continue to wonder what America will finally look like once it is great again. Or is this just a saying of one who has told the truth about so little for so long that people just begin to believe the hype and have decided to simply focus on something else while witnessing the plethora of lies and injustices going on right before our very eyes. Now I can hear someone saying, that's not the president's fault. And to an extent, I agree. However, as the leader of this country, this territory, this nation we call America, and in an effort to truly make America great, I refuse to say again, At the very least, I expect our president to speak out against social injustice, regardless of who it is being committed by or against. Again, I am not blaming Donald Trump for those adult professionals who have sworn to protect and serve and then commit horrific crimes against humanity, all because they wear a badge and carry a gun or feel they have the God-given authority to take advantage or abuse the position the people, and even take lives. I do hold the president responsible, however, for speaking out against the wrong being committed by anyone and everyone, including police officers, just as fervently and aggressively as he speaks out against those who are looting, plundering, and rioting in the streets, some simply marching and exercising that sacred First Amendment right, the freedom of speech. You see, I am still saying silence gives consent. Oh yes, silence is just as well as a nod or a yes that screams continue on or as you were. I call it the sin of omission as one who holds such an important office with all eyes on him omits to call out, denounce, and rebuke such egregious acts and so such reprehensible behaviors continue. And if you pay attention, pay close attention, they are getting worse and even more frequently being recorded. To add insult to injury, each time Donald Trump graces a podium and speaks into a mic, he repeats, I will always stand with the police and anyone caught rioting or breaking the law will be prosecuted to the full extent of the law. Now I do understand that those committing crimes must be punished and a commander-in-chief should stand with his men and women. 
But I also understand that there is a great level of responsibility that goes hand in hand with the office of the presidency of the United States. So it is expected that he call and root out any and every officer whose behaviors have proven intentionally fatal to the life, lives, or well-being of others just as aggressively as he wants looters and rioters removed from the streets and placed into custody. Instead, his silence on the matter leaves one to conclude that he has no problem with the poor behaviors of some police officers. With the same silence, we allow others to fill the void or make our decisions for us. Again, the sin of omission, as we omit exercising our right and the personal responsibility we have to ourselves and each other to vote. With voting, it is a slap in the face of every man, woman, boy or girl who risks and some lost life, peace and loved ones to ensure our right to vote. How dare you or I decide to allow a right, our right, for which so many suffered, bled and died, to be an option that we neglect or refuse. God forbid we truly do need each other to survive. Make certain that you are preparing, making plans to do your part beginning now until November 3rd to affect positive change. Let each one of us please reach out to another person. Remember the elderly, the infirm, or someone who simply needs a nudge or reminder to get out and vote. Just to be very clear, the stakes are extremely high for those receiving Medicaid, as well as Americans with disabilities. As funding has been so drastically cut by the Trump administration that many may very well have to move out of their homes and into institutions. Slashes to funds earmarked for Americans with disabilities, both students and the elderly, has caused major difficulties for the elderly, those who depend upon specialized in-home assistance, the disabled who are part of the workforce, and students with disabilities. Such sweeping consequences of the Trump administration weakening disability rights and protections will certainly affect other areas of the economy, as one thing always leads to another. We will save more details for another time just wanted to point out that none of us are shielded from the trickling down effects of governmental administrative policies. Everyone, everyone is affected. So you may help others get registered or set up transportation and help those in need to get to the polls. Some may even need to take advantage of early voting to skip the long lines and the crowds that we are trying to avoid. We are the business of one another the world is watching, countless others are depending on you, and your life, our lives, depend on it. God has put us together so we both can stay alive. I will be your legs so we walk, you be the mouth so we can talk. I need you to survive. I need your ears to hear while you need my eyes to see, so that we both can enjoy life with unencumbered equality. You are the water to sustain me and the help that I need the strong arms to protect me, precious air that I breathe. Without you, there is no moving, no possible way to win. God put us all together to support each other, one on whom I can depend. 
No matter too stressful, my beautiful melody to a song. My ride or die confidant on whom I rely. Give new meaning to get along. God knew that I would need you, my voice, who would take the firmest stand. Pick me up when I fall. Answer every time I call. Wipe my eyes and hold my hand. Even knowing that I cannot repay, still sewing into me. The one that lifts me when I'm down to be all I can be. You be the voice for another's lips that's never ever heard. If you refuse to vote, don't fuss or complain. Speak not a single word. Not about the injustices that plague black folks or one thing that keeps us down. Don't march for equality or shout for justice when reporters come around. Stop rioting and looting, crying and shooting while shouting Black Lives Matter. To conveniently blend in to a serious cause is a sin. Former events less serious than the latter. No longer can we afford precious time killing one another. Be wise and open your eyes. Attend the needs of sisters and brothers. Another may not be as vocal or as strong as me and you. Stand firm with your vote. Answer this call. Just do what you must do. After all is over, the battle is done. No regrets, no fret of the end. Once you've done your part, took a stand from the heart, you will have stood for both loved ones and friends. Just to improve the quality of our life, each must seize the right to vote. So many laid down life, peace, and loved ones because they had a dream, a hope. Leave not one more blood-stained ballot bearing your address, your name. As the story unfolds, you get to the polls so that others will not have died in vain. Please, please do not ignore your vote, your right, your responsibility. In honor of the selfless men and women, true heroes, who bravely stood for you and for me. We shall never forget, and please don't negate, the pain that others went through. To stand firm and tall, tear down insurmountable walls, injustice and racial inequities too. To stand by and say nothing when you have been given a voice is the same as saying, I don't care either way, when you've been blessed to make a choice. Medicaid and funds for the disabled has already been cut, such a devastating loss. Consider the consequences of negating your vote. How many more will your omission cost? To everyone who's listening, write yourself a personal note. For you and me, those I consider and all I see, I will cast my single vote. Well, family, this is number 20, urging you to vote on November 3rd, 2020. I vote, and you must vote. To vote is to make known your choice of who will lead this country, our country, for the next four years. Failure to cast your vote really says it is unimportant or not important enough for you to make time and take time to attend this blood-borne responsibility. Please, please do not negate your right, a responsibility that will facilitate the direction of our country. Remember, your voice and your vote matters, and if you have a mind of your own, you do not want others choosing for you. Just as you make your own decisions, reclaim your voice and cast your own vote. In the meantime, please do not forget to pray for our leaders, our communities, and our law enforcement officers. 
God bless each of you. Please don't forget to say something on my Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or LinkedIn page. I welcome your questions, comments, critiques, and suggestions on topics you'd like to explore. Who knows, you might just end up being a guest on an upcoming broadcast. Remember, I'm just a regular girl navigating this diverse world. I'm looking forward to each of you. Until then, take care of yourself, each other, and stay blessed. The Faith, Family, and Fundamentals with Fran podcast is a production of the Castropolis Podcast Network. Log on to castropolis.net.